You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. We're coming to you from the Senate Agriculture Committee today up in Capitol Hill, where they just had a hearing on the state of the livestock industry and the poultry industry. And joining us now is Jennifer Houston, the president of NCBA, who just got just got finished testifying. Uh, we're doing sort of, I feel like Aaron Anders here, doing a <laughs> sideline interview right after the game. Um, Jennifer, what's your general reaction? How did the hearing go today? I thought the hearing went well. I thought we had some uh, really thoughtful questions from the members. I thought it allowed us to be able to get the issues out in the open that we're working on at NCBA each and every day. Okay. Um, obviously, a, a lot of the questions dealt with the uh, fallout from the Tyson fire in Holcomb, Kansas, and, and how the markets are responding to that. I think it was Senator Deb Fisher from Nebraska who asked um, if you've been hearing from our members about this. And of course, you, have, you had an opportunity to tell her, what are you hearing from our members about this? Um, and what kind of an update can you give us on, on the markets and, and sort of the recovery from that fire? Well, certainly we're hearing from our members because of all the uncertainty and the volatility immediately following that. Um, as you know, when we first heard about the fire, immediately went to USDA and said, we need you to oversee this market, which the secretary then expanded to a full-blown investigation. We also asked them to give us uh, any, in, any flexibility on inspectors, whether it's ours, whether it's where they can be posted at, and also the CFTC to look over on the future side of it. So we, we feel that they did that. Uh, obviously, Dr. Lust talked about this being a predictable result of supply and demand and the uncertainty because it was right before the Labor Day meat market. Uh, so yes, our, our farmers and ranchers are concerned, but we're working every day to mitigate this as best that we're able to. Right. Um, another issue that came up, of course, is sustainability. Um, Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois, um, he, su he suggested that everybody at the table um, that's involved in the industry get involved in the debate around climate change. I'm a little bit, my feelings are a little bit hurt because he obviously hasn't been listening to our Beltway Beef podcast or checking out our website uh, nearly enough. Um, but what kind of enlightenment were you able to share with Senator Durbin about what we are doing on sustainability and how much better we've gotten at it over the past few decades? Well, certainly I said that we have our U.S. Roundtable on Sustainable Beef that's working on this all the time, all across the beef supply chain. That the fact that we're not just, uh, we're not part of the problem, we're part of the solution. We've become much more efficient, 30% less cattle producing the same or more amount of beef. That's efficiency, that's sustainability. We said we've got to look at the big picture, not only of what the cows do, but what we do well. In other words, we convert uh, marginal land to high quality protein. We use um, our grass that our cattle are on 70 80 percent of their lives sequester carbon and if you look at the entire picture beef cattle are a positive for the environment yeah absolutely and then there was some talk at the end of the hearing about um, different segments or factions of, of our industry sometimes not working together um, in your opening statement you actually quoted henry ford uh, as a quote said don't find fault find a remedy what did you mean by that and, and how can the industry work better together one of my themes has been that there's more that unites us than it divides us this year. And I think all of these issues are, we have to look at what we have commonalities are. We certainly have regional differences. We have regional differences from the south to the north to the west. So there are always going to be things that, that we don't agree on. But let's focus on what we do, what we can do to improve this beef industry every day by finding those remedies that Henry Ford talked about. 
Right, and then just one last question. I'm always struck, I've been in Washington a long time. I started as a Hill staffer, um, and I know it's easy to get cynical sometimes and say, well, my voice doesn't count or you know, my opinion doesn't matter. But then you have a hearing like this and you see somebody like you come and, and testify. You have some of the most powerful senators in, in the country um, right here listening to you as, as the other witnesses did as well. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the importance of getting involved, making your voice heard through a group like NCBA? Because you came up through the ranks, you're now the president of NCBA, um, and you know you have the ear of, of, of these folks. Yeah, certainly a privilege to represent both NCBA members and cattle producers across the nation at, at a setting like this. And it is important. If you can only be involved at your county, at your state, obviously we want you to be NCBA members. But there's no question, every policy that we talked about today and that we carry out at NCBA started at a county level, a state level with our grassroots producers. So there's no question your voice is heard. If you're the person that starts that ball rolling, and you can be. So I just impel everybody, get involved at whatever level they can, and please don't be quiet. Speak up. Yeah, and one quick story on that from my days on Capitol Hill involving somebody who you know. My first boss on Capitol Hill was Congressman Jimmy Duncan from East Tennessee, from Knoxville, and I was a legislative assistant, and there was a vote on something called federal prison industries, and it was controversial. This was the mid-'90s. Everybody wanted to be tough on crime and put criminals to work and, and you know, prisoners to work, um, but of course, when you, when you have put them to work, it also can take federal contracts away from small businesses. And there was a vote to eliminate funding for FPI. And Congressman Duncan came to me before he went to vote. And he said, has anybody contacted us on this? And I looked it up. And we had one person from the district um, write in and say, hey, I lost a contract because you're giving my, my work to prisoners, basically. He went to the floor. He voted against the, or he voted for the amendment to zero out funding. The amendment, or no, Basically, he was the deciding vote um, that prevented the funding of FPI. Um, and he came back and he had a smile on his face and he was like, can you get that constituent on the, on the phone for me? And he told him that that one letter made the difference between an amendment passing or not passing on an appropriations bill. So absolutely, one vote can, or one voice can make a difference. And I think you illustrate the reason why we need to be in the habit of contacting our congressman. It's a numbers game up here. Just you said you looked up and they know who calls in for, who calls against. Yes, you need to be a member of your association. We're talking to those guys every day as our staff and our volunteers, but they also want to hear from you. They want to hear your call, your email, on whichever issue really means a lot to you. So I think that's a great story, Ed, to illustrate the importance of that. All right, Jennifer, thanks a lot for joining us. Great job today. Thank you. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.